Welcome to Success Leaves Clues Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Brackett, and I've been blessed enough in my life to meet individuals who've been able to leave me clues on my journey to success. The goal of this show is to bring you the experience of those who have achieved great things and allow you to be a fly in the wall, soaking up clues for your own journey to success. Let's get right into this week's episode. Hey, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of Success Leaves Clues. I have Zach Kahn with me today, who's uh, gracious enough, definitely one of the busiest people I know at the current moment. So we're going to talk about what he's up to in terms of um, COVID-19 and how he's really been on the front lines helping people get tested and really doing a community service by really giving back and making people aware that there's tests available. And in addition to that, just some recent news that you shared with me about, um, about New York. How, how did you kind of get into the New York? How, how, how did you help there? Well, about a week and a half ago, we realized that um, kits were in pretty short supply. And so we, like all things I do, we vertically integrated and we found the raw materials. We put it together, the kits for testing for COVID-19, for PCR testing. And we sourced the raw materials, put it all together. And then while we're doing that process last week, we just saw what New York City was going through. Mm -hmm. Uh, Governor Cuomo was very public last week asking for um, private partnerships and the private companies out there to do something to help them out. Uh, there's only so much his, his state can do and, and the federal government can do for him. And it's incumbent on those private companies to kind of come to his aid. And so we heeded that call and Mayor de Blasio's call by committing 50,000 kits to them yesterday. Um, we'll have those delivered by end of week next week. Wow. That's amazing, man. And it's funny. Um, we spent some time last week. I um, actually got tested um, at the facility uh, was negative. Thank God is why I'm able to still be out, but we're still keeping our distance. Um, but just tell people a little bit of just about your background and like uh, context about um, how you kind of got into this space because this is a, this is one of your businesses, but it's not your core business. What's what's your kind of your core business? How did you get into that? Sure. So we own we own and operate my company, Surgery Center Development Company, owns and operates surgery centers. Okay. We have a specific focus on orthopedic and spine surgery. Uh, we do multi-specialty all the time, and we also have another vertical into vascular surgery um, that we started about two years ago. Uh, that being said, we had a lot of pain doctors that referred to my orthopedic and spine surgeons, and they had asked me for a lab. They said, can you build a lab because we need to test our patients for uh, the drugs that they're taking. If they're going to give them a controlled substance, they want to make sure those patients are taking those drugs and not any other drugs, and also taking the drugs that they're prescribing in the way they are meant to be prescribed and taken. So we created um, RA Diagnostics and ICL uh, at 5635 West 96th Street a little over five years ago. And so we went, we've been doing toxicology successfully for five years. And then a few months ago, my partner, Vipin Adlaka, and the president of the lab, um, he's also one of my best friends from high school 20 years ago, uh, has been at 20 years now, a little bit more. Wow. And so uh, he, said, hey, we probably need to look at COVID-19 testing. As soon as what was happening in Wuhan started affecting Italy, uh, he was a very smart guy. He said, we, we should have some foresight here. So we started pivoting. And, um, and his background is? It, he's it, a bio undergrad with a molecular biology grad right. school degree from IU Med School. So he's very qualified. He's been in the lab space for uh, since 99, 2000, since he graduated from graduate school. Um, and what, what 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 time frame was this? When did you guys kind of see what was happening in Wuhan, like in terms of the time period? Uh, February. Okay. About February, end of February, we started talking about it. Um, 
and then we started making the investments as far as reaching out to people and seeing what validation studies look like, what's necessary, what kind of products are they going to use, what kind of products they need to purchase, and what the pro forma might look like uh, so we can roll that out. Right, that's awesome. So um, talk to us a little bit about like testing because there's a lot of information out there and a lot of different tests that are available. Mm-hmm. Some the prick of your finger, you get it back in 15 minutes. I think that's like... Uh, being developed. Um, there's some other tests um, that get back in 45 minutes. And um, I, I've learned this, and this is fascinating, but, but all the tests are created equal. It's true. All tests are not created equal. It's a well, uh, well stated. So there are, let's start with um, the one that we do. This, ours is the PCR polymerase chain reaction, mm-hmm. real-time PCR test. What that test is looking for is the active virus so we're separating out the virus from its DNA to its RNA, and then we're finding that active virus in the system. Uh, the reason that's important is when someone contracts that virus, um, their immune system may not respond to it quite quickly, but when we test that patient, usually within a day or two, we can see whether they're exhibiting symptoms or not, whether they have coronavirus or not. Um, and then we move over to immunoassay test. The immunoassay test is similar. It's a little quicker. Um, it's less expensive of a machine to purchase. But the immunoassay test is going to measure the antigen response. So if the patient is older, slower metabolic process, then that patient's response is going to be a little delayed. This is why in the older patients, uh, you're going to see um, that patient gets sicker quicker. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have a 70-year-old patient with comorbidities and a slower metabolism, that pathogen is going to proliferate through the body. Uh, and then before the patient has a chance to respond, it's going to have gone a lot of places that in a younger patient, they would have responded and put kind of that the pathogens, the offense, it would put defense on the field. Right. Whereas an older patient, the defense may not take the field until you know, third or fourth quarter. And by then, it's so much more dangerous to that patient's cell. Right. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because the antigen response is varied between different patients. So if you're testing just for the antigen response, that patient, you may not get, you may not get a, a positive uh, coronavirus uh, test because the antigen response hasn't actually initiated itself yet. So, so in layman terms, just so I can break it down so everyone can realize. So the antigen response is actually you actively having COVID-19, right? Right. Is that correct? However, you could, you could have it and that response has not occurred yet. Correct. So, so your test diagnosis, the fact that you have it, and you should you're, you should get your defense ready because right. it's about to hit. Whereas other tests, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, they only show up positive if in fact you you is that active at that moment. That's correct. If defense hasn't taken the field, right, which is know. which is usually a three to five day response time, right, versus a PCR test one to two days from contraction okay. of the virus. So. Uh, from that perspective, there are two different, very different tests. Now, the Abbott has also come out with the test that was just this week uh, launched to the U.S. market. Uh, it's a white box. It has a cartridge in there, and that each cartridge is one test. That's a 15-minute response test. That's actually the PCR test, which is a great test. Um, there's a great difficulty in trying to get those. Um, it's my understanding that mostly uh, government uh, entities will have access to that test. But I, I think it's a wonderful test. I think it serves a great value. And purpose uh, right. in that segment. So, in terms of your test, because I think another <laughs> question is like your test is um, the kit is a is, a, is essentially what? what what does a kit like? Sure, the, the kit's the 
the mechanism for us to get the tissue sample from the patient's uh, pharynx to the machine is the responsibility of the kit. That's your transport mechanism. So it has a swab that's a polyurethane sponge swab on a plastic stick. Um, it's inside of a, a, a packaging that's a, a tearaway back. And then inside of there is also a vial with the media. And that media is what essentially preserves that swab from the transport from the patient's mouth all the way to the machine to get tested. Those are the two components. Uh, the media, there's three different kinds of media. There's viral transport media, there's saline, and then there's Amy's solution. Um, depending on what your validation is for your machine, we'll tell you which type of swab or which type of media you can utilize. And so each of those has its positives and negatives. For example, the Amy's, uh, while that's great for respiratory pathogen virus and carrying bacteria, um, it's in very, very short supply, those swabs as they're mm -hmm. manufactured. Um, we can make those, we are making those from raw material. Uh, when the viral transport media can be in a little bit short supply right now, it's not uh, terribly short like the Amy's. And then you have saline, which is in somewhat short supply, but we can still buy saline. Right. Well, those are the three that we're manufacturing today. Wow, that's amazing. And um, in terms of like the physical test, um, how, how does someone like, let's explain, let's walk through like the process of how someone actually gets tested. Because I think one of the challenges and one of the misconceptions and what got me so passionate about like helping you try to bring this message to the mainstream is that there's a, a huge amount of the population that can't get tested, that think that tests aren't available and there's like, there's no way that you can get tested, only test through the hospital. And I think speaking to you about your access and capabilities to actually get people tested. So let's walk people through the process of like, how do they get tested if they think they have contracted COVID-19, they, they're uh, compliant symptoms, or they've been around people who have symptoms? How, how did that process work? So uh, the CDC guideline has been changing uh, a little bit over time now. It seems that governors and um, healthcare professionals have been asking for more widespread testing. Mm -hmm. hey, previously it was, unless you're very sick and you've been exposed, even then that's a very subjective term, very sick, defined as what? 102 temperature for two days, for three days, uh, toughness in the chest, difficulty breathing. Um, so these are all very subjective measures. What we have- I, I think the fear from, and just looking at it, and you're very sick goes from, I come home when I'm very sick and then I get admitted and then like, I get on a, a vet machine and like, yeah. like it's accelerating, you die like quick. So I guess the fear under that formula is that all right, I'm very sick and then I'm then I'm dead. Like so, there has to be a better way right. to kind of get people like tested. Exactly. So to that point of uh, of the severity of the of the disease and how it affects certain people so poorly mm -hmm. um, or so badly, extremely, especially in older population, we have been modeling a protocol off of what Iceland did. Mm -hmm. Iceland tested 5% um, of the population in January, right when this first hit, they took Wuhan very seriously and said, we have to test. They hadn't had one person die yet when they started the testing. Now they're on a mission to test the rest of the country. Iceland has just over 300,000 people in it. So to test 300,000 people, we could do that in 40 days uh, here at our lab in Indianapolis. But uh, back in the study uh, in January and February, they did 5% of the population. Rules came out uh, a little over a week ago, well, well, well analyzed, uh, analyzed results, and uh, they came back showing that 50% of the positives were completely asymptomatic. 
And so I think the guideline that you have to wait till you're sick before you go get tested doesn't hold water. And we've talked about this a little bit in the past that that type of philosophy or that um, uh, treatment style, diagnosis style, it comes from a position where you didn't have enough tests. There's a scarcity of tests. That's like treating cancer saying, well, we only have so much chemotherapy, so we're just going to treat these patients. Right. But then you miss these patients you can save, make a better quality of life, and just have a better patient population and a better patient outcome. So we're treating this disease the way Iceland did, saying, well, we know that half the people that we see uh, are sick with coronavirus. There's equally half the people out there walking around asymptomatic and they're infecting other people. So explain, break down asymptomatic for people that like, you know, aren't like doctors, doesn't know, what, what does that mean, asymptomatic? Sure, so they're not ever gonna exhibit, exhibit symptoms. And some may exhibit symptoms like a light headache. Right. And we've seen that in the media in the last couple of weeks. Someone said, I got a light headache. Um, and that's it. And they had coronavirus. And then two weeks later, they have antibodies. Right. The problem is in the meantime, that two weeks they were walking around, they were infecting people. So to answer your question, you know, how do you get tested we have uh, partnered with groups like um, Dr. Brackett, who's willing to do telemedicine for us. If someone feels they've been exposed, that is a tell. That's that at that point, that's an indicator that you should probably get tested because if whether you have symptoms or not, you could be a carrier at that juncture. And so, uh, working with her, um, she's been great enough about taking on patients and doing telehealth, asking them some questions, and then sending them over to the lab for testing. And we're in network with all insurances, Medicare, and Medicaid. So there's no reason not to get tested. We have ample supply. We have uh, ample throughput. And so it, our thought is we want to follow this model from Iceland so we can really push this curve down and flatten it for at least our ecosystem here in Indiana. Well, and I, and I thought that was the genius. Um, we talked a little bit about my, my previous career being an NFL player. One thing that we like, really did, the skilled players, was watch film. And you watch film on your opponent, and then you figure out, all right, uh, what have previous opponents done to either stop them, mitigate right. them, or what did they do and they ran all over them, right? So right. then we watch film and say, all right, this isn't the approach because that didn't work, and this did work. All right, how did it work? And I think it's the same thing you're doing, looking at Iceland, taking a page out of our book in terms of, like, what worked for them and kind of implementing it here. And I think that's... um definitely the, their approach that, that I think we need to take in order to kind of stop this because so many people are asymptomatic and still going out and they can affect other people that will right. be never be affected. And then we talk about the severity of the disease and everything that can occur. So I think it's genius. The, um, so Dr. Brackett, Ford School, is my wife, my beautiful wife. Uh, she's a physician and she's uh, picking up some telemedicine in addition to weight loss. She's actually helping out with the COVID-19. So we'll definitely put a link in below. Um, so shout out to her. But in terms of like the testing, so every the process is you have to see a doctor and get a script in order for you to get tested. Correct. Because you just can't test anyone. There are certain guidelines that have to be met in terms of. There are for, for insurance. Okay. If someone wants a cash pay right. test, they can call the lab directly now. Okay. And we offer a cash pay test at $175. Wow. It's also the price that we're offering all the municipalities as well. Right. Um, so if they wanted to do that, that's fine. I would just caution that if they come back positive, they're going to need a doctor. You immediately need to seek medical care. Yeah. Uh, you need to quarantine and seek medical care. Yeah. So I think that's why, 
you know, for an additional 75, 95, whatever a telehealth patient is, having that resource in terms of if you did test positive, then having someone you can immediately call and they can prescribe whatever you need to. So, um, and I I think it's money well spent in terms of protecting not only you, but the people that you love that you can potentially potentially get, you know, get infected as well. So absolutely. So, um, in terms of what you're seeing, what you're hearing, like, how rapid is this disease spreading? So, I mean, you look at what happened between last week and this week, mm-hmm. as far as deaths. Uh, last week, prior to Thursday, we didn't have over a thousand people dying, right? And now we're to the thousands of people uh, each day dying, well over a thousand people dying. So it's moving quickly. I think we are seeing um, some of the peaks happening around us in New York. Their peak has already occurred, they believe. I hope that's true. Um, in Indiana, we have not seen the peak at all yet. Uh, we're still seeing rising uh, numbers. They're pretty rapidly rising numbers. I believe we dodged a bullet uh, this week because we did test a lot. And I think people um, abided by the rules of social distancing and uh, staying home and isolation, quarantining, um, because our numbers didn't rise as far as uh, as high as they thought. We thought we'd be a hot spot by now. And we didn't, thank God. So the interesting part is just because of my wife and some other, and obviously HIPAA violation, um, but there are a lot of people that are coming back with positive tests. Oh yeah, we're we're on the rise. We haven't peaked. So I mean, so the notion that some people have out there that you know it's still a hoax and and, and like people aren't positive and they don't know anyone on the spot. There's a ton of people. Like I personally know three people that died because of COVID nineteen. That's awful. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ter- and and I, and I think that number, unfortunately, will continue to rise unless we do social distancing, unless we yes. actually uh, get tested and make sure that if you're tested, then quarantine and then, and then the whole thing. So um, I, I definitely think, like you said, unfortunately, I don't think we're at the at the peak. We're not quite there. Uh, we hope to be there soon, and we want to flatten that curve down. The only way we do that is by widespread testing. All right, that's awesome. So where, where can they go um, if they want to get testing, find out more information? Like if you're a doctor mm-hmm. and you're watching this, like where, where can they go in terms of how to access sure. the test? So if you're a physician watching this or your patient, go to ARIA, www.ariadxs.com. Uh, click on order and there's a copy of an order form there. There's also a copy of a test result to see. I think that was his RPP test, but it's pretty similar to what you'd see on a COVID-19 result. Underneath it is the sensitivity and specificity, which is greater than 99%. Um, and uh, there's a fax number on there and also an email address or fax for the physician to receive the results by their choice. There's a HIPAA compliant portal if you put your email address or fax area for your fax number, we can send you that fax. The results are currently coming back uh, 24 to 48 hours. Right. Um, last week we hit so many different hurdles and obstacles as we grew so quickly and then reagents became in short uh, supply for the United States. We had to do some quick pivoting. Uh, we were at 72 and 84 hours even, um, and we've now uh, drawn that back, which has been a great blessing that we're able to move quickly uh, and adjust to the uh, season that we were in. But, and, and some people will look at that and be like, oh man, I gotta wait that long. But I mean, what's the accuracy of your test? I mean, it's as accurate as any test on the market today. It's the most accurate. I mean, is is it the same test as like the CDC is using? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think they can be very comfortable once they have the test and get the results that these are accurate results. And obviously then the physician will have the plan of care 
Correct. Um, uh, as far as the go forward plan from there. That's right. Um, you asked about process real quick. So once a test is ordered, um, our team, if that fax comes into our office uh, from the fax number on the order form, then our team reaches out and schedules the patient. Mm -hmm. Usually we're within a couple hours of getting the order that we're scheduling the patient. And normally it's the same day or if not the next day, uh, we'll schedule the patient. They'll come in as they drive up, they'll identify themselves, they'll confirm their date of birth and name. Our nurse will quickly swab them within 30 seconds. They leave and then the physician will get those results. Like I said, within 24, 48 hours. So really the test itself, you shouldn't be in line more than three or four minutes. The test takes 30 seconds like you experienced the other day and uh, you're on your way. And it is a, uh, a well-placed period of time for you uh, because it's important to get tested. And, and I think one of the most uh, important factors in terms of, you know, obviously in the ideal world, you'll be set up in a different scenario. We talked about, you know, the whole restrictions there, but the fact that they stay in the car the whole time. Correct. And not only if you don't have it, you're going somewhere that you can potentially catch it. Yeah. But but also if you do have it, then you can feel safe that you kind of quarantine yourself in your car. The nurse comes up to your car, gives you a test for disclosure, a very uncomfortable test, but very accurate, very necessary, very needed. Um, but then after that, then obviously the process is how you explain it. And they get the test with you at 24, 72 hours and is um, very accurate, man. So I think that's great information. I think information that needs to get shared. So I definitely appreciate you uh, coming on, man, and letting the people know. Definitely got to have you back, man. The vertical integration <laughs> and how you build a hospital system to scale and grow. I think a lot of medical physicians and doctors don't really have that business acumen. Um, that's why you've been able to come in and kind of succeed with the surgery center. So I'd love to have you back and talk about that. But today, man, it's very imp impactful and powerful in terms of sharing with how people get tested, man. So what do you have? Last words in terms of COVID-19, people get tested, social distancing, like what, 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 what is Zach's philosophy in terms of like how you approach it mentality wise? Like what could you do um, to protect your, your, your family if you're a leader? Like what, what is a, what is a note? Like what are some clues that you found out <laughs> that you can kind of give to the people um, as they proceed? I mean, honestly, as, as we go into this, it's easy to um, brush this off your shoulder, the rules of social distancing and, and not going out and doing that stuff. Um, as a leader, I've seen a lot of my friends that are great leaders like yourself, and they really have abided by the rules. They're working from home. They're doing the right thing. So I would say do that right thing. If you expect this thing to flatten and, um, and we're doing our part by testing, but testing alone is not going to solve this. The testing just identifies who needs to be at home, uh, isolated away. But as a leader, be that person that abides by the philosophy that you dictate. So stay at home, do the right stuff. Let this thing pass so that we can all go back to work faster. Yeah. Uh, great words, man. Appreciate you coming on, man. And, uh, Thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. Nah, definitely, man. And uh, Keep on doing your thing, man. Definitely go get tested. I appreciate it. Take some valuable insights from this week's chat. Feel free to reach out to me on social media with clues you've gained or questions you need answers to. You can find my pages at GaryBracket.com. Remember, it is up to you to make the most out of your opportunities to reach success. Personally, I live this life with an abundance mindset, and deep down, I hope we all make it.